Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Today in the studio, we have two very special guests. They're from the Sundance Institute. We have Kara Cody, Assistant Director of Utah Community and Government Relations, and Betsy Wallace, Chief Financial Officer and Head of Business Development. I think when most people hear the word Sundance, they think of the Sundance Film Festival, the premier independent film festival in the world. But the film festival is actually only 10 days in January. The Sundance Institute is actually a nonprofit organization, and the film festival is only one of the many things they do throughout the year. So from free screenings and community engagement to artist development and workshops with local high school students, what goes on the rest of the year in and through the Sundance Institute is more wide-reaching and community-impacting than you may first think. And that's what you're going to hear about today from Karen Betsy. It's kind of a behind-the-scenes interview about all that goes on at the Sundance Institute and all they do to promote the power of story and the art of film. Enjoy today's podcast. a very special show for you today. In the studio is Kara Cody, Assistant Director of Utah Community and Government Relations, and Betsy Wallace, Chief Financial Officer and the Head of Business Development for the Sundance Institute. We are so glad to have you ladies in the studio today. Well, thank, thank you. you. We're glad to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great to have you. So let me um, say that, you know, Sundance has established itself as America's premier independent film festival, if not the world's premier film festival. That is why I think when most people think of Sundance, that's what they think of as the film festival. But beyond the success and the glamour of the Sundance Film Festival, there's a much bigger and perhaps deeper mission. Uh, the Institute, actually, that we're going to be talking to you about, the Sundance Institute, is all about engaging audiences through the art of independent film. So with saying that, talk a little bit about, Kara, maybe you start out with the unique role Sundance Institute serves as a nonprofit organization, of course, we're a nonprofit podcast, uh, to champion, to inspire, to educate through the powerful medium of independent film. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and take that. Absolutely. Great. Go ahead, so, Betsy. Really just to help frame my answer, I wanted to remind folks, if you boil it down, who we are. And we are up here to promote the power of storytelling and connecting artists to art audiences. Why we are unique, we have a 35-year history of supporting independent artists so they can tell stories free of pressure from studios. We foster a community for independent storytellers, film music composers, to learn, grow, connect, and give back. Our story and our support has really evolved from the original programs to include new forms of storytelling, including the New Frontier program, which you may have seen this last festival, which is the VR, the virtual reality, which is really a cool you know, technology that came in. And where Sundance played a role in that was to provide the, the aspect of VR, but to also provide the content and support artists bringing content in, which we saw. Additionally, uh, we do episodic work through YouTube and through TV. Regional tours, we're introducing short lab, uh, films and labs um, through different audiences across America, as well as to labs to help filmmakers hone their craft. 
internationally, we have labs that we bring cross-culture artists into the sto Sundance storytelling community. And then and we most recently have an Ignite program, which is a partnership with Adobe that supports audience or um, artists from 18 to 24. And why is film so, such a powerful medium? It really is a powerful medium because it provides a global platform for storytellers to share with humanity important stories that can be introduced knowledge and can drive action. And a great example of that is this past June, the state of California's assembly passed a movement to ban orca captivity for breeding orcas. And as you recall, that was the blackfish in um, 2013. Powerful film. I remember watching that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and it really Amazing shows that impact. you can drive it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That you can make an impact and you can make change. And so I, I think that's really what Sundance is about. Well, interesting you say that because I know a lot of people think, okay, Sundance, Park City, maybe a little bit of Hollywood connection because Robert Redford, but you were telling me earlier before the podcast, you've got studios or, or offices, maybe more specific, in LA, New York, and Park City. So talk a little bit about that. You really are across the board, much bigger than just Park City. And maybe Kara can speak to that. Really, we have you know the different offices um, because we also have a theater program. Mr. Redford is very committed to independent storytelling uh, through theater um, as well because he started out you know in stage uh, stage productions, and so our New York office is of course in New York because that is you know the heart of um, you know the theater world here in the United States. Our Los Angeles office is really to connect with the film industry and where a lot of artists are physically located. So that is actually where most of our programs are based out of, and our office here in. Park City is administrative offices as well as operations uh, for the festival and also for our, our artist labs that we uh, present and host at uh, Sundance Resort down in Utah County. Driver on the corner, so yeah, to speak. exactly. <laughs> well, good. Let's move on. Uh, the founder and president of Sundance, of course, Robert Redford. Many people know that. Um, he stated this, storytellers broaden our minds, engage, provoke, inspire, and ultimately connect us. Why do you think storytelling is so important? And it's, is it changing today because of the impact of social media? That's actually one of my favorite quotes from Mr. Redford. I often use it when we do um, some of our student outreach programs because, you know, um, sometimes kids don't like a film and you want to you, you want to know why they didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hey, pr provocation can be a good thing, inspiring new ideas. And storytelling is so important. I think it's probably more important today than ever because there are so many mediums and platforms to tell a story you know, anymore. It's not just film. It's not just theater. It's virtual reality. It's augmented reality. It's, you know, so many different platforms. And storytelling has the ability to educate, to entertain, to create and build cohesive communities and understanding between different, different cultures um, as well. And social media, much like the Sundance Film Festival itself, allows people to amplify their stories and share them with a broader audience and community that it just doesn't stay with them. It's the platform to make it heard, not even across the country, but across the world uh, as well. And I just want to take that a step further by saying that social media, excuse me, um, it, you know, has that ability to connect across the globe as well, really from all walks of life. I mean, it's important that we all have a platform, you know, to share our story. And particularly independent voices, particularly important for them to be to be heard. The Institute offered, as Betsy said, a range of, of different platforms. Um, film, you know, not only is there just one type of film, there's narratives, there's documentaries, there's short films, there's experimental films, you know, there's theater as well, episodic storytelling, uh, New Frontier. It's not only just the virtual reality, but it also can be, you know, gaming, media installations, augmented reality that, um, and especially the gaming, I think is just such an interesting way of using a platform to tell a story. It's not just Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, kind of a larger, greater you know, way to, to tell a story and for games to be used. And then for film, it's not only, you know, just the festival, 
Our lab, our artist labs offer support through directing, producing, writing, film music. Really, the Institute wants to develop and nurture all aspects of storytelling, you know, through film. So really just kind of a very broad, broad net. And uh, the Institute, I mean, what's so great about the Institute is that it allows communities to come together to share an experience and engages communities with storytelling. You know, we give storytellers that platform to introduce and engage new audiences with their work. The largest examples, of course, the Sundance Film Festival that happens here each sure, January. Exactly. But we also offer a range of other public programs that a lot of people, I don't, I don't think, sometimes know exists because sometimes they kind of fly under, under the radar and that we just, you know, want to connect storytellers with audiences from some of our day workshops, community screenings, our outdoor screenings that happen, you know, just across the road in City Park. Yeah, talk um, about that a little bit because I think <laughs> yeah. if you live in Park City, you hear about these things, but maybe for those that are listening uh, from a different state um, or a different part of Utah, talk about that because you offer some wonderful films out in the park. Uh, so how does yeah. that work? Well, for the past 19 years, the Institute has presented a free outdoor film series and we present our films here in Park City at City Park and Red Butte Garden Amphitheater in Salt Lake, which is just an incredible venue. We're so fortunate to to have them host us. And the series is a way to give back to the local communities that host the Institute as well as, as the film festival. And it also furthers our mission of connecting artists with audiences. I mean, local residents as well as visitors alike are encouraged to grab a blanket, pack a picnic and bring friends uh, to enjoy you know, these favorite films from the festival um, under the stars. And the greatest thing is that the screenings are free and they're open to the public. That's honestly pretty amazing. Yeah. So you obviously absorb the cost for those. Yep. Uh, yep. So you can give to the public for free. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, we also have a lot of support that we receive from local grants and foundations, you know, Summit County, Salt Lake County. But it's really kind of the great kind of level playing field that it's not like the festival where, you know, you have to have a ticket and there's, the, you know, the eat wait list system. And sometimes it can seem a little daunting. This is just a way to just show up and enjoy and just, you know, have the, the community come together. And we, you know, screen different films at each location. That's something exciting. So this past uh, summer we had nine screenings. So we used nine different films. But we don't want people to be fooled by the casual, you know, atmosphere of the film series. Because while free film screenings, try that, saying that 10 times <laughs> <a> fast, <laughs> free film screenings have become popular events, not only within our community, but within mm -hmm. other communities as well. Uh, the Institute, we really strive to offer the highest quality of programming as well as audiovisual presentation. Our presentation quality, um, the picture and sound, is absolutely unrivaled. We you know, use 5.1 Dolby surround sound with a full state-of-the-art D-Cinema 4K projection system. I got that note from our technical director of exhibition. I, I did not know that on my, on my own. Um, but no, basically, I mean, I've heard that people have said it's just yeah, unbelievable, the quality yeah, and the clarity. I mean, what it is is it's professional-grade equipment that's usually like in theaters that are in installed you know at your cineplex or at a permanently installed theater but this is mobile you could take it yeah wherever, yeah so and speak. so we bring it um outside and so i mean i think that's really what sets our film series apart and we are you know just so proud and just love presenting it to the local community fantastic yeah well you know what's interesting <laughs> as you go on you know talk about uh, when you said earlier about social media and now with iphones i think about even my own kids they're all filmmakers in a sense mm -hmm. right they're making films on musically and little musicals they sing and all that so talk a little bit about um, how people can become if they're a burgeoning filmmaker, they really have a heart for making film. How does Sundance Institute discover newer burgeoning filmmakers? 
Yeah, there's really three different ways from a public perspective that uh, filmmakers are found or are brought into the family, if you want to call it that. One is uh, what Kara talked about, which is the Sundance Film Festival. Mm-hmm. We have open submission process for films. 12,000 films come in. But what's really unique about our film um, series is that only emerging filmmakers can participate in the competition series of that. So you can't be an established filmmaker. It has to be somebody new in- into filmmaking. We also have public programs that Kara also mentioned, which is going out into communities. So we have, we go out to communities such as Akron, Miami, Iowa City, San Francisco from a big perspective. And we have screenwriter labs, short film labs, New Frontier Labs. So we really go into the heart of America and try to let it be accessed, Sundance accessed by people. And then finally, we have programs in which people can apply either to the Sundance Summer Series, which is um, over at the resort for screenwriters, directors, and producers. Or we have a wonderful access to the Lucas Skywalker Ranch for um, the music um, film composers, which is really Mm -hmm. awesome. You know, it's top notch and it's a great Mm -hmm. relationship that we have. So we match there. We match advisors with artists and allow them on a very um, consistent one-on-one approach to broaden and deepen their, um, their opportunities. And it's really great. You know, when you look at how do we access some of the youth, and that's really important to us right now, you know, how do we get people 18 to 24 involved in filmmaking? And we have a relationship now that started last year with Adobe. And we entered into this partnership, which has uh, created a program called uh, Project 1324. And it's designed to provide 18 to 24-year-olds mentorship and artist development opportunities for a year. And during that year, it's a little bit of a competition that happens. Mm -hmm. And it's 15 different people that are are shortlisted into this program. And at the end, five films and artists are are selected. And those short films are shown at the Sundance Film Festival, sort of as the the end platform so that it can be seen by the 40,000, 50,000 people that come here, should they wish. Wow. And what are the ages of, uh, is it any age? Is it open to like 16 and above or 18 and above? 18, 18 to 24. 18 to 24. Fantastic. That's great. Okay. So it's really a great way to bring people in. And I, I think, you know, Sundance prides itself in bringing not only um, people that are established and can stay within the format and the alumni group, but it's really trying to get people to join us and to develop their skills. And this is many ways we do it. Fantastic. Well, that's, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit at the end, you know, how people can contact uh, Sundance, but it's really fun to hear that because again, there is a, I think a desire now with iPhones and and social media being so prevalent that people want to think they are are filmmakers, but they need a little more training, maybe a little more official training. Now now let's switch to the nonprofit side a little bit, because again, Sundance Institute is a nonprofit. This is a nonprofit podcast. One of the biggest challenges, all nonprofits, but in particular nonprofits who focus on the arts is the ever present challenge of fundraising. So I think people are wondering about where does the money come from to support the Sundance Institute? We talked about you offer free films. So uh, would Sundance be different if we're a for-profit rather than a non-for-profit? If so, how? So first of all, yeah, where does the money come from? And then did you ever consider switching to a for-profit? Well, you know, fundraising is challenging for all nonprofits. There's no doubt, you know, here in Park City and globally, it's really a difficult thing. But our mission and our platform, along with our outstanding strength of our internal fundraising groups over the past 35 years, have created a loyal following, which continues to deepen their support within the Institute. We see that not only from the corporate aspects, so Adobe and, and, and folks that you've seen from Acura that stay with us and our, our, our major sponsors, Chase and on, 
foundations, individual donors, and individual membership supports. What's unique about Sundance, though, is that each relationship of a funder is unique and individual. They're there for a reason. They want to be there for a specific reason. And each relationship with a storyteller is unique and individual. You compound that with technology and innovation experimentation that's been happening. We saw VR this last year, right? In storytelling and in music composition, which takes money all the way around. So we're always having to look for money. We're always reaching out and we're trying to develop the story and refine the story and make it interesting, not only from a donor's perspective, but to make sure the storyteller is being heard. And the storyteller is not is not a ubiquitous event. It is always changing. It's multicultural. So each year it refines and change and flows from whatever maybe is going out in the world as storytellers pulling content in. And I think that's where we have this unique opportunity. You know, could that fold into a for-profit? I don't believe it could. I think it really is a nonprofit. And Robert Refford has done a wonderful job over the 35 years mentoring us to make sure that we move forward and we provide these access and trying to get these funds to help folks um, create their story. And I love that aspect. And, you know, from that, we're really grateful. Every year we say this and we pinch ourselves. We're really grateful from the generosity of, of our community of funders to help us out. And it is not easy, but we go out every year. And it's amazing how many people um, come back year to year to year for us. Well, it's interesting you say that. And, and, you know, again, as a nonprofit, you're right. There's always this constant pressure to fundraise, to fundraise. And you've got wonderful donors that have obviously come up and stepped up. Well, what would you tell people that maybe have no idea of the kind of behind the scenes and how much things cost? Yeah, well, I think it gets back to our total mission. You know, the, the avenue of the festival itself is um, one piece of, of the story you heard today, right? It is one piece that um, we drive revenue and we drive sponsorships. And it costs us a lot to put this in. The city is wonderful partner along with all the businesses but from that we support all the labs we spoke about we support all the community outreach we spoke about we support all of the um, mentorship and the fellowships that we bring in to help storytelling progress and this is not only within the United States but also globally and I think that as a byproduct of all that that is how we look at our mission and that is how we fund our mission and one avenue of it is the the festival just is the most prominent piece but it is um it is the most prominent piece but it is also one of many pieces of the festival of the mission of our life that's helpful. And uh, so then in terms of your job responsibility, I know you're now government relations mm-hmm. and you're for the state of Utah. How much of your time is fundraising? How much of your time is programming? How does your kind of uh, everyday um, you know, schedule work out? Yeah, I mean, mine's um, it's fairly evenly split. It also kind of depends on the on the time of the year. You know, I'm also help with our you know local government based grants here mm-hmm. in Utah. So you know, there's definitely a little busier season for that than than others. It's usually springtime is kind of more of the you know when the grants are due and and you know kind of that piece. But yeah, and then during you know the festival, I run our Utah community programs, which are outreach programs. Yeah. So and one that we're very proud of is our student screening program. They were able to yeah, talk about a uh, bit put more on. About that. Uh, it's worth some generous support from the George S. and Dolores Dory Eccles Foundation would be remiss if I did not you know, acknowledge and you, you know it. and thank them. That's a good nonprofit leader yeah. right there. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we've been uh, presenting this program since 2000, and it's a free student screening program where 
Sundance Film Festival films from that year are curated by our staff to introduce young people to independent film and engage them in stories from around the globe. And following each screening, the filmmaker or a representative from the film conducts a live discussion with the students and teachers about the themes in the film, filmmaking process. So basically what it is, it's a private screening for students. You know, they're there with their peers and they have, you know, a Q&A afterwards. So it's the festival experience, but, you know, in a much more special, intimate kind of atmosphere for local students. And we show a mix of feature length films, documentaries, narratives, and we're, we screen them and they're based on whether or not they're, they're you know, content appropriate for sure. um, a high school audience. Also their artistic excellence, as well as their ability to tell powerful stories that have universal themes that engage audiences from mm -hmm. around the globe. And the program aims to engage student audiences through the power of film and conversations with the filmmakers to promote a broader cultural understanding, inspire curiosity, as well as enhance the awareness of shared stories and values across generations, languages, educations, and borders. I mean, it's a pretty incredible program. And really any Utah-based school, whether they're public, private, charter, uh, junior high school, middle school, high school, they're welcome to participate in the program. And it's not just film classes. Really, we encourage teachers to bring students from all different subjects. We've had English classes, foreign language. I mean, that is so great for students that are involved in dual immersion, you know, to see, you know, stories on the, the big screen. We've had math and science classes. You know, those are all different subjects that have attended screenings of relevant films. You know, it's not just film and video production, you know, students that are, are you know, involved in this program. At this past festival, we had over 6,100 students from 81 schools and youth organizations participate. Again, it's across the country, I'm assuming. No, 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 no. This, just Utah. That is just Utah. This That's incredible. This program is only open for um, it's only in Utah, yeah, only only Utah students. Um, wow! And it's free. The only thing that um, schools are responsible for is transportation costs to and from. Um, and it's primarily students from the Wasatch back that attend, but. You know, every year I'll, you know, sometimes I'll have a school from Southern, you know, Utah. And okay. I mean, we, we would love to have you, Southern Utah, if you're, if you're listening right now. Way to go, right Absolutely. Come on up. <laughs> you know, come on up. Um, that, um, That's and it's, great. That's yeah. a lot of students. Yeah. I think way more than most people would think. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, since the program started, we've had over 68,000 students participate in this program since 2000. That's remarkable. So, that is, truly. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, it's just such an incredible program because this festival is happening in these students' backyard. And it's just yeah. such a great way for them to participate, you know, and, you know, perhaps spark an interest in independent film storytelling and just, you know, maybe kind of think about a theme or a subject or something a little bit different, different way. And, you know, I mean, the students have seen all different kinds of films from, you know, Oscar winners, foreign films, that it's just a really just incredible program. And I think it's my favorite role at Sundance Institute is, you know, heading up this program. That's fabulous, you know, and we personally, because we're in Park City, we benefit too of having a great partnership with you. And for example, I know coming up, but we're going to have a Latino Arts Festival for the second mm -hmm. year, and you're wanting to get involved with that. Maybe you can speak to that, why it's so important, because I know it's not just nonprofits like us. You work with a lot of different nonprofits and our local schools. Why is it, again, so important that you not only provide that connection with other nonprofits, but specifically what I was really excited about was you're really interested in helping get the word out about Latino films and reach a different community maybe that potentially may think, well, that doesn't, that's not relevant for me. Um, so you're obviously reaching out beyond um, cultural barriers. Uh, talk about that a little bit in that program and what you're hoping to accomplish this next year. Yeah. I mean, you know, storytelling has no, no boundaries. You know, every culture tells stories and, you know, tell stories in different ways. And, um, you know, we just want to make all, all voices heard, mm. be it, you know, Latino voices, be it um, Arabic voices, you know, be it Asian voices, you know, mm -hmm. we, 
you know, that's the great thing about the festival is, you know, for 10 days, the eyes of the world are pointed here in Park City, Utah. And, you know, we have that opportunity to really leverage our impact and what we do to hopefully bring, you know, communities together and, you know, foster discussion. Because I think we're all a lot more alike than we are, than we are different. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, good. Well, the last question would just be for both of you now. Is there anything else you'd like to share that people maybe don't typically think of or had no idea about Sundance? What would you like the public to know about Sundance? What really goes on in a good way, in a good way, uh, what really goes on at the Sundance Institute that most people don't know about? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I've only been with the Institute for one year. And I came Is that right? So you're a newbie. I'm a newbie. I really am. And I've been one that has gone to the festival many, many times. I've been in Park City for quite a while. And um, I think... The other side, you know, when you're in the the Institute, one, two things, I guess. One is how hard it is to put the festival on. It is unbelievable as to the operational task it takes to do this. And I was very much surprised about that. And the second piece, which we've talked a lot about today, is really the festival is for 10 days of our life. I mean, it takes a lot to get it going and, and all that. But the labs, summer, fest, uh, summer labs over at the resort, the Skywalker labs, the outreach, not only in the US, but globally, it's really remarkable. And I did not know that. And that's shame on me. But it's, it really is the artist development side of life. And that's what the Institute and what Robert Refford is all about. And that's what I love about the mission. Fantastic. Elsa, would you want to add anything else, Kara? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, I just want to kind of echo off with what Betsy said, really about the artist labs. I kind of knew that they went on before I started working for Sundance, but I didn't really know the extent of the support that they offer artists and just the impact that that has on their career. And just because we knew when you go to those residency labs at the resort, you know, everything's taken care of for you. You know, you have a bed to sleep in, you have wonderful food. In fact, I've heard there's, you know, a lot of food that uh, I've heard of artists, you know, gate, putting on a few pounds after being at the, at the resort. <laughs> Too much good food. <laughs> um, but you know, that they kind of the every need is taken care of so they can create and really focus on their art for the time that they're there. And I think it's just so special that the Institute does that. And Mr. Redford had the foresight to, you know, to, to offer that opportunity, you know, just for these different voices to be heard that, I mean, nothing against mainstream movies, but it's just pretty special that the Institute offers a platform for some of those lesser known stories, you know, really uh, to come out. So. Well, and I agree. And I think, you know, it's been interesting to, to just watch it as an observer. I'm obviously not a staff member at all, but it's been amazing to me how many films that start at Sundance and then they become Academy Award winners. Mm-hmm. And they're really some of the top movies of the Absolutely. next year. I mean, it's incredible the influence that Sundance has had on mainstream movies. Yeah. And it's not only that, but the diversity of the film and the diversity of actors and the diversity that it's that Sundance provides and um, really makes not doesn't make sure it happens. It just happens naturally because the voice is what it's all about and the voice is global and that reach is really phenomenal and then you look at the documentary side and getting back to it creates a path that people can action off of if they see something that they really um, take to their heart and I love that aspect of what what we provide and what that avenue is. Yeah. You know, it's fun. You guys probably know Gerilyn Dreyfus is one of our board members mm-hmm. and uh, very much into documentaries and just an amazing producer. And, and it is incredible to me how many good, solid documentaries come out of Sundance. And then I think it's really spawned this whole industry of documentaries now, you know, of people wanting to tell their stories they wouldn't otherwise from all kinds of different cultures and different viewpoints. So this has been fascinating. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to share about Sundance? Do we cover all the key things? This past summer, we did a, a big first. The Institute presented outdoor 3D screening. It's the first time Sundance has presented that anywhere, be it here, LA, New York. It happened uh, just right down the street in City Park. And as far as we know, 
know it's one of the second times that an outdoor 3D screening has has taken place. I believe the one, there was one a few years ago, but it was um, done by um, one of the studios. I want to say it was Warner Brothers. So you know, it was definitely a for-profit studio that's a, l- right. a little bit different than 501c3. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and it was, you know, a pretty incredible, you know, community event, everyone coming together and enjoying a film. And just, I can't even tell you how incredible the the presentation was with the sound and the picture. And everybody gave back the glasses, which were generously, you know, loaned to us by Dolby. So, you know, it was just a, t- a ton of fun. And we were just, we're so excited to share that special experience here in Utah, not only here in Utah, but here in Park City. <laughs> I think the only thing, other thing I want to share is just some information if somebody wants to learn more yeah, um, about the Institute. Absolutely. Tell us. Um, Obviously, we have a website, um, www.sundance.org. That is our main website. Um, if you are a Utah resident and you want to know more about our Utah community programs, um, it's just uh, sundance.org slash Utah. And on our website, you can also sign up um, on our email list. And that is just a great way uh, to stay in touch about all things Sundance. If you're a local, you know, you're the first to know about, you know, the the festival ticketing perks reserved for you, uh, as well as free screenings and events. Again, if you're local, we just invite you to participate in one of our many free programs that we offer residents. So take advantage of it. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, again, Kara Cody, Assistant Director of Utah Community and Government Relations, Betsy Wallace, Chief Financial Officer and Head of Business Development. Just a fascinating conversation. Thanks so much for giving us a whole nother perspective on Sundance and all that you do. Keep up the great work. Yeah. Thank you for letting us tell our story, Rob. Absolutely. You bet. Great having you. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you're wondering how to find us, check us out on iTunes by typing in Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should pop up. We also encourage you, uh, when you go on, let us know what you think. Give us a review. You know, if you really liked it, give us a good review. You know, the more uh, people that hear this podcast, the better. So we encourage you to get on iTunes, check it out, give us a review, give us a rating. And then also, if you just want to find us on the web, you can go to nonprofitleadershippodcast.com and then uh, go to my website, Rob harder.com and both places you'll find this podcast there well until next time thanks for listening keep making your world better Mm